Your one stop for exclusive interviews. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback commit Cooper Wilcox. Cooper, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Man, really, the culture that the coaches show as soon as you walk in the doors, they make it feel like your family. They make it feel like a, a healthy environment to come and play football. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma senior H-back Dante McGee. Dante, thank you for taking time this morning to talk to me. This is honestly a once-a-lifetime thing, you know. Usually you get your five years and you're done, but you know, you get an extra year of play. I was like, you know what, I, I want to come back. I want to spend another year with these guys. Post game press conferences. I didn't really like my first read, so I was just went to playmaker mode. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG Smith. You're listening to the Cho Show. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cho Show podcast presented by theswaffreport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodall, a.k.a. J.D. Smooth. We're back because spring football is on the horizon. It seems like we just wrapped up uh, the, the the Sunday and the breakdown specials. And before we get into much-anticipated spring ball, the, the first on-field look of the Adam Doral era, uh, the first look to see if the new excitement around the program is warranted. I want to give a, a deep, a, a sincere and deep thank you to all the people who have supported on here and on the Chosa Podcast Network YouTube channel. Uh, last week, last couple of weeks, we reached a milestone over there of having the first video with, with 100 views, the Cooper Wilcox one-on-one. It just blows my mind that 100 people took time out of their busy days and lives to watch uh, some of my content uh, that many that many times. Uh, there's also several videos that have 60 views, 50 views. I think Dante McGee's is approaching 70 views. Uh, it, it's just it's just wild because when I started it, uh, really I started as like a gaming channel and then scrapped it after I put up the first video and really hadn't edited videos like this probably since college so i know it was probably rough at first and i know some of the signing day breakdowns that might have been rough in general because i i had an idea of how to do it and i don't think i executed it i didn't know whether or not to talk over it or whatnot Uh, but i'll have a better idea for next 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 season um but if if you haven't please click the link in the description here on Spotify, check out check out the, the channel. Uh, there is a channel update video that I need some feedback on regarding fall coverage and coverage up until the fall. So you can please check that out. I'll uh, leave feedback and check out the, the other videos if you uh, haven't. And if you like what you see, consider liking and subscribing and tuning in because there will be a lot of extra content over there come fall, but just know that the actual podcast itself is not going anywhere. And then finally, I want to give a shout out to the UCO softball Twitter page and the players for supporting. Uh, Several softball players have liked and uh, retweeted some of the one-on-ones and some of the content, and the UCO softball Twitter page has followed me back. So I appreciate them. I know they're killing it again this season, which is no surprise to anybody who follows UCO Athletics. And so I'm wishing them another successful season. But getting into it here, like I mentioned, 
we're, we're here because spring football starts next week, the 22nd, the spring game is April 23rd, 6 p.m. inside Richardson Stadium. Uh, what I've been told from defensive line coach Rashad Sanders, if you're not check, that, uh, check out that that one-on-one, please do so. It was a great time with, with Coach Coach Sanders. Uh, very funny man, uh, but his his D line is, is is not so funny if you're trying to block them. Uh, but he said it, 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 it's, going, it's going to be a show, so I'm looking looking forward to it. I, I definitely will plan to be there uh, to 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 get I'll get a look. Hopefully, we could we could talk to coaches, players in there, and and, and it'd be a nice nice good first look at, at where this program. Uh, is indeed headed. We're going to look. We're going to go ahead and break down the big storylines heading into spring to watch out for. Uh, before I get into it, though, I do want to say we're still going to try to get Dante McGee back on during the spring. If we can get more Dante McGee on, we'll try to get more Dante McGee on. I'll, I'll reach back out to staff. Right? You know, I don't know. It's just he's starting. They're, they're, they're learning a new a new offense, and, and you know, stepping the quarterback and all. I, I, I don't know what. We'll try to get people on uh, maybe like a week or two into spring and then hopefully get some on post-spring because uh, I, I, I definitely want to uh, utilize the headway uh, that we have built. Looking at the first storyline actually does revolve around one Stephon Brown. Uh, as now, you know, he's QB1. There, there is, is sadly no more Keith Calhoun. Known for the past what three years, right? You know, if if plan if plan A failed, right? If 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 Chandler Garrett got you know was 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 rough, McCombs was rough, Steph was rough. It's always Keith, and you always knew what you were getting in Keith. And Keith, in, in my in my my opinion, the last four or five games played the best football I have seen him play in a UCL uniform. So I do understand, plus given the injuries, why he decided to go ahead and end his career, not pursue a seventh season. But that that does leave a hole as a bag up because now you have two Russia freshmen and Vinny Geneva out of Union and formerly of Kawita and Caleb Allen out of Stillwater. And at least Stephon Brown currently, according to the roster, that I'm recording this on the 13th, according to the roster, Stephon Brown is the only quarterback that's taken a snap in a legitimate college game. And so it is imperative, and even if you listen to the one-on-one with Stephon Brown, that he makes the imp- the necessary improvements. You know, he, he said he needs to do a better job of um, – you know, a pocket presence, um, not holding on to the ball as 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 long. Uh, there, there was a laundry list of things that he felt like he needed to improve on his footwork. And because again, if you go back to the Missouri Western game, Stephon Brown in the first half was Stephon Brown. I had hyped up that I'd seen from the Twitter highlights when the man transferred here. I think we was we were all excited, and I said at that time. Need a tapered expectations. It was it was it was one half of one game, and then the following week was it was the it was against Emporia. Now you know they got down. I gave the man credit. You know led some touchdown drives and yeah tied it up off a beautiful run by Jace Gardner, uh, and lost that game by ten. And then to me the Missouri Southern game was tough because like I said in the quarterback breakdowns. 
there was no Diego Richards. There was no Marquise King. There, there, there was no field stretcher in that in that game. And Missouri Southern knew it, and you could tell by the defense that they were they were playing there. And I, I felt like it was tough for the man because at that at that point in time, Josh Moore had not stepped up to the degree we were hoping that he had stepped up there. And we were really trying to figure out the receiving core and the offensive line. But like I said, you know, he he became more of a runner starting with the link game. Finished finished with eleven rushing touchdowns and was second on the team with three hundred eighty six yards. Excuse me, three hundred eighty six yards rushing. Uh, but if you take away the losses from sacks, he actually had five hundred and two yards rushing. So again. If we can just get the passing, you know. It, it, I mean, I'm not saying that he ha- that, that the man has to become Mahomes here, but even if we get because he, he he completed looking at the stats, 57 percent of his passes, 538 yards, one touchdown, three pick. If we could get that up around like 60 percent, okay, we just get and I think uh, offensive line more established and receiving core help out that tremendously. But if, if we could just get that up. Because we don't need him to be throwing for 300 yards again. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you listen to the Jace Gardner one-on-one special, he he, he kind of tipped the hat at where the offense is going by saying that the running backs are going to be a huge part of the part of the offense. So much so that he believes that he can run for 1500, 1,500 yards. So if that is indeed the case, then we're not going to need too too much more from Stephon the past game. Other than to probably hit the big, you know, the the deep shots to Marquise and several that was missed both by him and Keats last season. Uh, I was, and again, plus with his ability to run the ball, we just get a semblance of passing game. And again, I hope we able to pass, pass the ball down the field more. That was one of my criticisms uh, last season. I felt like we were too much dink and dunk at times. And yes, you could say the offensive line. Probably had something to do with it, but there were some times. Uh, you go back to the uh, Pitt State game, the the, the Fort Hayes game. Uh, you will see when we went deep, especially in Marquise King. Most of the time, good things happened. So I just hope that we press the ball more down the field. So that, that again, the, the growth, the growth of Stefan from an on-field standpoint. Uh, I I know the man's a leader. I know the man is well well respected in that in that locker room. So the growth of him during the spring, the ability to grasp the playbook, uh, it was it's going to be, in my opinion, probably 1A, okay, in, in, the, in, the, in the biggest storylines. 1B would be the growth of the offensive line. Okay, now it, it, it's no secret last year offensive line was not good for about 70% of the season. I mean, you know, because I mean, if if you if you look at the biggest offensive games, they have to be biggest offensive games. I mean, score sixty nine against Lincoln. Well, we know Lincoln didn't win a game this season. I don't think. Uh, and then Northeastern State. Well, we know, you know what I mean. But but uh, you know, otherwise, you know, it, it was it was tough. I think that the the offense actually averaged almost one hundred and forty point three yards a game rushing. Is actually impressive uh, because you know again we we know the offensive line struggles. 
it was it was it was there, you know. I mean, it, it was there early. If you look at that Missouri Southern game, the the Northwest Missouri game, really, I would say almost any game. I mean, the Missouri Western game was solid. Now, I, I, I'll give them that. I mean, the, the Missouri Western game was actually solid. Uh, the second half was not on the offensive line as much as it was on just the execution standpoint in the past game. Uh, but, you know, outside of that, you know, it probably, you know, the Fort Hayes game would be probably the first game since the Missouri Western game against at least an average to good opponent that I felt like the offensive line really did a solid job. Okay, that, that, that was a game I walked away thoroughly impressed with, that whole performance, because Fort Hayes has historically been a big physical team since, uh, since I, I have been covering UCO dating back to 2007, 17, and that still was the case last season. Now, I know they were they were kind of down. They weren't the level as they, as they, as they were, but I, I was still impressed by the offensive line play in that, and I think the offensive line play – did improve from that point on, uh, and 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 you know, and, and, and the offense showed it right, you know, they they they, they turned it on, uh, after that. But we need that to be consistent from the jump, okay. And I know we have established starters, but I'm imagining established starters at least in Lane Grantham, Alex Eichler, and Noah Dobson. Now, I'm particularly impressed with the growth of Noah Dobson. Our uh, man started as a freshman, and, and, and I, you know, struck, to me early on was was not great, but I, the second half of the season, I, I mean, that if you watch you watch the film and, and this man is pulling on one plays, thoroughly impressed. I, I was thoroughly impressed by Noah Dobson. Again, I still think we get the man another year in in the in the weight room here uh, with the experience. I feel like we'll do wonders. But we got to have two more starters come in there and be consistent. Now, I know Hector Becerra started some at tackle, got Ben started some again at tackle. If he could take the next step, uh, there's Jamal Ronas out of Guthrie. There's Cooper McCoy out of Durant. And then there's some red shirts that I was high on last season, especially Garrett Human out of Westmore. Uh, that tape, uh, that was like a nasty, nasty, nasty dude there. Uh, and then there was uh, Cooper Wyden out of a Cummins. So it was like 6'8", almost 370 pounds. I, I, I know he was raw. I, I, I know the man was raw. I think when I asked coach, uh, former coach Nick Bobek about him, they said that the man was raw. So I don't know what the development is going, is going to be. But uh, we definitely need – that line to come together and come together, you would hope fairly early in the season because I think that's gonna that's going to account for a whole lot here because I believe the weapons are there, right? That if 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 Steph is given the time, if the holes are there for Jace Gardner and Peyton Scott to run through, I think the offense we could get back to what we was doing. Uh, in the Christian Hood era, when he was the offensive coordinator, we would break the school records nearly every single week. Because I, I, I go back to the Missouri Southern game of 2019. You recall 
at that point in time, the receiving court was decimated by injuries. And that was still the game when Chandler Garrett broke the, the school rush record by a quarterback. I think he had like 270-some-odd yards. Literally, we were just running the same play over and over again. But because the offensive line was was was, was very solid, uh, they were able – the Missouri Southern could not, could not, could not stop it there. And, and UCL scored, I think, like 50-some-odd points. In that ball game, mainly off of just straight up Chandler Garrett quarterback powers. So if we can get back to that, uh, I, I really think that that's going to be that's going to be huge. So that that to me, along with Steph, would be the first the first two big things I would watch out for during the spring. Uh, the second or third, depending on how you want to look at it here. Uh, is who will step up to assist Marquise King in that receiver room? Okay, because Josh Moore and his uh, team leading 51 catches for 645 yards, which, which, was, which was second on the team, and two touchdowns is gone. And, you know, Josh Moore was a guy, and Coach Bobek said for two seasons, it just get more consistency out of the man. Because Josh Moore had two great end-of-season runs, uh, both in his junior and senior year. Uh, and we need someone to take that spot because you look at it, the second leading returning receiver, both in terms of catches and yards, who is someone I hope gets utilized more, the man, Dante McGee, 28 catches, 245, one touchdown. I, I, I'm hoping we use that ace back room more. Because, again, Dante McGee, go back to 2019, and he was, like, all-conference. Dude was a beast. Okay, and then, and then you go last year, and the catches the man made, I think he had a he had a, he had had a touchdown against Fort Hayes. Uh, you look at the, uh, the Central Missouri game, might have been the Central, the Central Missouri or Pitt State game, had a couple of catches in there. Uh, and that Washburn game, Dude was just running, man, was running guys over. And we, and we can utilize that because we're talking about a guy, 6'5", 258, as, as, as the man told me during the one-on-one -on -one special, not 270, as they claim on, uh, on Rucker Sports. Uh, but, but, again, there's a guy I feel like is too athletic for most of the linebackers and too big for most of the defensive backs. I feel like it's someone we, we should be utilizing more overdue in the past game. Then there is a red shirt out of out of Mustang, Dominic Dunn, who uh the, the who the highlight tape did remind me a lot of Dante McGee in a lot of ways. And then you also got Carson Land out of out of Fort Gibson that played some of the freshman last year. I, I hope that that group gets utilized more. Uh, I, I really do. There was some really good. There was that dude out of uh, out of Collinsville that was signed this year, Oscar Hammond. That tape was really, 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 really good. I think that that's a position I'm, I'm hoping get some more love because I feel like there's some weapons there, and, and that is going to be needed because if we're looking at the receiver core right now. Marquise King uh, again was as good as advertised, but. To me, we got to get better hands. He man has some crucial drops in that in that Washburn game, and I feel like it was in the Missouri Southern game. 
No, no, because he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he did not play in that game. There was another game where he had some, some, some big drops. We can just get that taken care of because, you know, I, I think, I think otherwise you watch Marquise, you obviously knew, saw the big touchdowns he had against uh, Pitch State and Fort Hayes. Uh, Marquise, again, is good as advertised. Uh, and he also need more out of Bizel the four. Now, you know, I'm a huge. I'm the fourth fan. My opinion, man, had down year. He had some, some drops that was uncharacteristic of him. Uh, hopefully, we, you know, we can get that fixed. He also scared me to death on those pump returns sometimes, running the field, running to uh, field those in, in, in between like three or four fins there. But uh, if, if we can get if we can get the hands taken care of, because again. Uh, running by Zell, it mainly does his damage as a chain mover, sure-handed possession guy, uh, which can't have a role, okay? Because there was time in 2019, Zell came up with some clutch first down. I, I again, I don't, I don't want to just not bring that up because the man goes across the middle, he 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 gets wallops and he keeps coming back, and, and you have to appreciate that. In a man that's willing to do that to help his team, uh, but outside of that, I would like to see Dawson Hudson uh, out of out of Marlowe return to what he did at the end of 2019. And he had had a down 2021, if we're being honest here. Uh, matter of fact, he had yeah, the man only played in two games, so you know I, I, I would like to see more out of him. Um, because again, I, I was really impressed by the end of the season that he had. And then you have some some redshirted guys that we, we need. We need now. I know there's also Madison Ridgeway, the Juco that 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 table extremely good. I he I'm going to venture to figure he will definitely be in there. Um, because again, you know, bringing in Juco's to, to just not play. But there's some redshirt guys, and, and, and you know, uh, Terrell Davis on the chalk top. I'm telling you that tape scream Lee Curry, and I'm just hoping that's the case. Because for, for those who are new here, Lee Curry out of Guthrie, uh, at one point in time, UCO had probably the best receiving core in the MIAA. You had Josh Crockett out of Bristol with D1 guy, Graves got him. That's how he ended up in UCO. Spend time with the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, handle some tired catch with the CFL and the Dallas Renegades of the XFL. Legit baller, okay. Legit. And if you go back, watch the 2017 UCO highlight video, if you go on YouTube, type in uh, 2017 UCO football highlights, you will see a catch in which this man is getting pass interfered with, I mean, badly. Badly, and with his left hand, goes up in the corner of the end zone, snags the ball over the defender, gets a foot inbound for the touchdown, and, and that sums up exactly who Josh Crockett was as a receiver. And unfortunately, his senior year, he was overshadowed because of the great JT Looper, who decided he wanted to to uh, come back from uh, some some great issues. And lead every level of football in receiving. I gotta say, watching him was a true honor. Because uh, man was a beast. You're talking about a guy that was like five eight, 
you know, but, but it was, I mean, just a beast, man. I mean, I mean, he, 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 he missed, Excuse me. He makes catches that most players his size didn't. And then the third in that trio was Elliot Curry. Uh, Elliot Curry got kicked, got, got booted off the team. I think before 2019, ended up at Henderson State, another Division II school in Arkansas, and became an All-American. So it, 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 again, if Terrell Davis can can can. Live up to some of that because that that tape by the trial thought that man is explosive. Um, just just uh, I mean the man was just a baller. And then there was Javon Wright out of Vian, that former coach Nick Bobek was was also extremely high on. I know he's also a a deeper as well, which is needed since Diego Richards has transferred. Uh, but then you also oh. Want to, want to keep an eye out on another guy I'm high on, which is Chris Atkins Jr., the sophomore out of Hugo, who, again, I said that that tape reminded me a lot of Josh Crockett as well. Similar similar build there. Uh, and then I'm curious to see the growth of both sophomores, uh, Jalen Teague, Teague out of Booker T and Sherrod Davis out of Dell City, both played as true freshmen. Uh, both had a combined 12 catches. So uh, you know, but those are also big, some 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 big body dudes. Uh, so uh, that that to me would be another position to watch there offensively. Uh, I guess I might as well go ahead and just round it out. Running back room. I'm just curious to see who emerges behind Jace Gardner and Peyton Scott because to me, to me though those two, uh, you know, I, I I feel like it's gonna be tough to name a better duo in in, in the conference. Uh, Jace, last year led the team, 549 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, as we mentioned in the one-on-one, only lost 14 yards in 107 carries. And again, uh, that was that was the whole season because the man played the man played every game. So even with the offensive line struggles, only lost 14 yards. Uh, and, and then Peyton Scott. Uh, 344 yards, three touchdowns, only lost eight yards on 71 carries. So, again, these are two great running backs. Peyton, Shifty, I, I, I believe now, because Jason can also catch the ball out the, out the backfield. But I think Peyton is the better receiver. Chain, change the pace guy is excellent on special teams. And I think Jay is, like I said before, at like 215, 220th. Uh, you just just watch the touchdown he had to tie it up against Emporia, and watch the Washburn game. And I'll tell you all you need to know about Jace. Uh, that the man's an absolute beast. The man gets stronger as the game goes on, and and, uh, and I think that's going to be one of the best running back duos in the conference. I think if you're that offensive staff coach, uh, coach Lodrow here. You had to be excited that you were able to really inherit some good talent. I mean, you know, because you look at the backfield, there's Stephon Brown, there's Marquise, there's Dante. You've got at least some pieces up front. The offense is not – I think the offense is going to be improved. I think the offense is going to be improved solely because I believe the offense line is going to improve. Uh, and and so that that's something, that's something to, to, to keep an eye out on uh, this spring. Defensively, 
the defensive line rotation. And if you've not listened to the Rashad Sanders one on one, I'd advise you to do so. He name dropped some guys that you should keep an eye out for in the in the in the spring because the front line returns. Front line returns, obviously led by Mr. All Reason, 18 and a half, TFL Michael Slater. Just just absolute beast. Just you know, and there's there's you probably won't see many if if any Broncos get a shot at the next level this season. Next year, though, there's several guys that I, I, I would be floored does not get a look at one of the various leads. And I think Michael Slater right now have to be on that list. You know, yeah, you can say, you know, they always say if you're from a small school, you're going to dominate. If Michael Slater, if, if, what, if what the man did last year is not dominating, then I don't know what the heck is because – Put on that Northwest Missouri tape, the man double, triple team, getting pushed on the ground, still making tackles. I, I just affected every game he played in. I, 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 you just you can't put on put on this that clip against uh, Penn State where he ran the quarterback down from the opposite side of the field and got the strip sack. It, it, he, he he makes plays that I personally have not seen a defensive lineman make in a UCO uniform. And that there was some good linemen during my time covering Carson Smith, man, Eli Hooks, uh, Justin Stewart. Okay, that that there was some good defensive linemen that have suited up in my time. But Michael Slater, I, I to me is a cut above the rest. And then uh, Robert Fuentes, and from a standpoint of a pure pass rusher, is also up there, up there as as, as well. I, I probably have not been impressed by in terms of a pure pass rusher for a full season because now Draquan Brown, who was with the uh, Houston Gamblers of the USFL. He had a stretch of games toward the end of his senior year where he really turned it on there as a pass rusher uh, and is now making making some money off of it. But as far as a consistent pass rusher for 11, 12 games, Eli Hooks is the last man I would say that I felt like consistently got pressure there. But Robert Fuentes just – I was someone I made I not fully appreciate until I was doing the breakdowns. I actually sat down and watched more of the tape, and I was like, you know what? This man is affecting plays. Like, yes, the numbers, even though the man did it, lead the team with four sacks, it, it, the numbers might not be there, but the impact the man had, again, they don't secure that game-winning pick in the season opener, if not for three immaculate pass rushes by Robert Fuentes. And what makes Robert's story even great is, is, is what Coach Sanders said. He didn't get the UCO until like two weeks before fall camp. So you imagine this man now with a full offseason, uh, a full, a full offseason weight program now. I mean, you know, it, it, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be tough, man. I mean, then you got you got no, no, no West back, the Army transfer from. Bigsby at the other end spot. You've got Zane Adams, who coach has said is 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 just turning it up right now in the in the weight room, uh, which is a very scary, scary, scary thought. 
Um, it's Hunter Largen, who, who again, we know as a run stopper, uh, is having a tremendous jump off the snap. Uh, and, and then there's there's Tuatha, there's uh, Vaca, who coach said that he's wanting to see that he, he he wants to get his body in better shape. I'm telling you that tape out of Poto, uh, some of the best defensive linemen play I, I, I've seen at the high school level. And, and, and so the front line, the front line is there. Okay, but you do lose Derek Shaw, you do lose Sessie Salt, and you do lose Joseph Rock. Those were three key rotational guys that did a, a good job, okay, because Joseph Rock was a starter the year before, as was Derek Shaw. Those, were, those were guys did a tremendous job coming in there and, and keeping up the good line play. So now it's going to fall on guys like Mike Pope Jr., they had a sack in that uh, was was it a state game? The man had a sack somewhere now, okay? Because I, I know I, I put that on the on the uh, breakdown. There's there's Michael Pope, there's Jordan Lavu, and then you have some registered freshmen. And two of them, which I, I would really keep an eye out on, is Jamar Goff, the tackle out of Pahaska, and Montreal Kozar out of Bristol Kelly. Montreal Kozar is junior year because the man missed his senior year. When I did the signing day and looked at the man's stats, the man had like over 140 tackles as a defensive lineman. So then you're questioning, okay, is that is that is that accurate? But then when you watch the tape, and this man is flying all over the field, running defenders down, you're just like, with this, this man... This man is a beast, right? <laughs> this, man, this man is a beast. Then you put on the tape of of Jamar Goff. Now, granted, Pahuska isn't playing the highest level of ball in the state, but was just brute, overpowering guy. Then you add Jaden Brown, a nose guard, out of Booker T, was very tough. And then Nick Hughes, out of Vian, was also a very good pass rush, reminding me a lot of Eli Hooks. Uh, I, 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 so the bottom, the, 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 the rotation is something to keep an eye out on because there's a lot of talented guys vying for very steep rotational time. Because uh, again, if you if you listen to that interview, coach said it was it was very. He had some sleepless nights trying to find ways to get dudes involved because the talent level is just that. Far deep, man. Uh, so I, I would keep an eye out, out, out on that. See who emerges in that second rotational unit on the defensive line. Uh, and linebacker, you know, really, who who are the who are the, the the faces there? Because if we're looking on the roster, there's actually only two, four, five. There's only five because Liza Wright transferred to OSU to play with his brother Solomon. So really, I mean, you're looking at Jason Harris that was hurt for the majority of last of last season, right? You know, you have Marlo Hughes out of Enid that I, that I think had a great start to 2019 before he broke a collarbone. Uh, they only do much last season, if I'm recalling correctly. There, those two are the elder statesmen because behind them you have Jaden Mullins, a sophomore out of Millwood, and then two redshirt freshmen in Darian Davis out of Muskogee. And Caden Wolford out of Meeker. 
Uh, that's a that's a unit right now. I suspect unless they bring in, they might bring in some transfers before the season starts. Uh, but you know, it it, it just appears to see if both Harris and Hughes can return to their pre-injury forms. Because Harris was a very solid linebacker prior to his injury last season out of Booker T. And then Marlon Hughes, again, was a, was a safety out of Enid, ran track of Enid, had that pick six against Lincoln there. I think it might have been like the, like the next game after I praised that man. He uh, broke, broke his collarbone. So, uh, and then, you know, obviously last season they had Lamontre Hoogwell came in there. And then Elijah Wright led, led, led the team in tackles. That, to me, is a big loss because Elijah Wright was going to be a four-year starter. Uh, I was really impressed by him. And, and uh, he is now gone. So that's that's a unit. I'm I'm curious to see what it looks like more so in the fall. What I would look for in the spring is just just how Jason Harris and Marlo Hughes look uh, if they have returned to their pre-injury forms uh, because I think that, that that's going to be key. I, I don't know what the defensive scheme is going to be. Uh, this, this this season here, I know last year there was a lot of five defensive back sets, but I went like a four two five most of the time this past season. So I don't know if that's going to be the uh, case or not. I do know Coach Sanders did mention how how that the scheme is simpler, uh, which is why he expects more out of his defensive line unit. Uh, and then finally here, which is probably the biggest question mark of the whole defense, probably the third biggest question mark in general in spring will be the defensive backs. Because if we recall last season, let's just let's just call it what it is. Say the corners were not good. The, the, the corners were just not good. Uh the safety duo of you now graduated Georgia Southern transfer uh what is it? I see it. I see the man uh Marshall Washington and Dylan Buckheit was solid. They made, in my opinion, too many tackles, but you know they were still there. Dylan Buck had absolute beast. I, in my opinion, was robbed the first team all conference because uh, the man was all over the field. He had that pick six against Central Missouri. I know he had that end zone pick against Northwest Missouri. Uh, I, 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 again, I, he again is a guy that just. Exceeded expectations. Like I knew the man was solid, watching him and more, but the man's turned it on to a whole new level here. And, and, and uh, you know, I honestly continues that line of safety play that we saw out of Jacari Hunt and then former All American O'Shea Harris. Uh, so we do need another safety to emerge. Like I said, because Washington did graduate, do need another safety. I know there was Gage Lady out of a wall, so that led the state in interceptions. He registered, and then Quayshawn Leathers out of, of Tahlequah, which was a huge get because his his uh, brother went to North North Northeastern State. I believe he was a safety as well, and I think Mark Goldsby out of Holland Hall was a safety. So there's some names there. There, 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 so there's some names there. I don't, I don't, I don't know what Mosley's position uh, at a call out with Jonathan Mosley. He played like a hybrid linebacker safety type. So again, I don't know what the scheme is 
So that's another name to to look in there. But you know, as, as long as Bugheim is back there, I'm not too worried at all. I'm mainly worried about the corners, okay? Because the corners last year started a lot of guys out there. I think the day one starters it was Daniel Bauman, and it was it was Daniel Bauman. Uh, oh, the guy from Prairie View. The guy from Prairie View. The name is forgetting me. Ended up being the the the, the uh, De- Hawkins, Darius Darius Hawkins, and then John Smith the fourth, the Muskogee native by way of Howard. And let's be honest here, you know De- Darius Hawkins had his moments, and we're looking from probably the most consistent corner throughout eleven games. I think he was the only corner to start all eleven games. Uh. Like I said, I thought he had solid moments, especially later on in the season. But now the man's gone. So, uh, you know, that leaves guys like Kobe Stevens. And Kobe Stevens is a, is a guy that came on really strong towards the end of the season. Uh, I thought had a, I thought that, that, that Northeastern State game really showed a lot about the man. The fact he had a rough first half there. Especially that final drive in which Mark Whelan uh, scored the touchdown on, on him. They pretty much went to Mark Whelan every single play of that of that drive, and he came back in the second half and did not allow a catch. And that really continued. And, and again, I, I'm I'm really high on Kobe because I mean Kobe Kobe's a guy I feel like the benefit from an offseason program get a little bit stronger there. But I, I was definitely impressed. Because I was not expecting him to really play, and he comes in there and gets thrown into a very tough situation uh, as a true freshman, and 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 uh, makes some stuff happen there. And then obviously Traymond Craig as a nickel back, just you can't just I get I hope at some point I can talk to this man and ask him what happened between 2019. In this past season, because Trayvon Craig was like solely on kickoffs and punt coverage in 2019, and then he comes in in 2021 and is just an absolute beast. Uh, has some fumbles, recovers a fumble, which almost scores for a touchdown uh, against Central Missouri. Uh, he has that pick against Northeastern State, uh, several TFLs. I mean, j- just flew all over the field in, in run support. Uh, it is and as a guy who is a, a wrestler on a very good very good wrestling program here at UCO, I, I don't know if the light switch, whatever it is, I, I appreciate it because uh, if we could just keep that off, Trayvon Craig is uh, is definitely a baller. Okay, I, I, the, the man is a baller. He just he makes plays. He's a sure tackler, probably because of the leverage that he learned from wrestling. But I, I think him, 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 and Buckhide for sure are locks. Okay, for sure are locks. I think Kobe is Raquan Wicks. He had that great debut game. Uh, he had a great debut game where he had a game when he picked. I think he, I think he got a scholarship that same week. I know that was guy after I had talked to former head coach Nick Bullbeck with the. Um, season preview after we have finished our uh, uh, weeks and some of his teammates were on the field practicing. 
And he was a guy that Coach Mitch numerous times felt like had a, had a chance to play at the, at the at the next level. Now, if that's the case, okay, we can get him to take the next step. That would be nice. And then Malik Gray, former Under Armour All American, former Tennessee Volunteer. I I I, I need more. I, we need more. We, we need we need more out of Malik Gray because there's no. Man's like he has what you want in a corner. He's got the size. He's like six one, six two. He's got the speed. And there were times last season where you saw, okay, you know, I mean, man, I don't know if you if you watch that clip, Northeastern State, I believe again, they send him off a blitz and he killed the quarterback. There was also times when Malik Gray. Locked his man down, and you're like, okay, see, this is why you were in Tennessee, my man. Okay, but then there's other times where you're just scratching your head, and you're just like, bro, Malik, my man, what are we doing? So, we this just get consistency out of Malik Gray would be huge, okay? Because you know, then at that point, we're just looking, we're looking for rotational guys because the depth is is young, and it, it, there's Tavis McDonald out of Sulphur, I want to say. Sounds about right. Kyshaw Murray Jr. out of Dell City. There's Greg Wittenberg out of also Dell City. Uh, there's Keyshawn Ditton out of Putman City. We mentioned Goldsby, Laney Levis. There's Torn Walker out of Tulsa Edison. And then Caleb Webb out of Muskogee. A lot of redshirt freshmen in that, in that, in that group. So it's going to be a very inexperienced uh Secondary depth wise, which is why it's imperative that the guys that have experience uh, take that next step because I, I think that was the biggest problem last year on on defense. Really, where we had the problems was in the pass game. If we were not able to get a pass, which is, which was far and few in between, but if we were not able to get that immediate pressure, uh, there there was some 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 struggles there. And we need to get that fixed because to me, that's the biggest thing holding this unit from being truly elite. Because you were turning the vast majority of that very good defensive front. Like I said, you got one of the best safeties in the league in Buck High. Linebacking core, I feel like we'll figure it out. Like I said, Jason Harris, very good linebacker prior to the injury, as with Marlon Hughes. It, 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 we just get the corner situation. Like I said, hopefully Kobe doesn't have a sophomore slump. Lee Gray can harness that and and and, and be consistent for eleven games. I, I think the defense could really be good, especially if it's simpler than it was last year. And it was very good last year. I mean, if you put on that Northwest Missouri first half game where they allowed ten points, got a red zone turnover. The best defensive performance I saw. Now we're talking about it. This is also 2018. They had three or four straight shutouts. That one was against a very good Washburn team. Northwest, you shut out, you hold Northwest Missouri. And again, this was a defense that had played pretty much the whole half. Held them to 10 points. I, I, I mean, they were getting stonewalled. There were several drives that was three and out. Very impressed. I was very impressed. That's when I knew that the defensive line was 
was for real on that. That's when I knew that the linebacker unit was for real on that. And, and it, the, it just, at that point, you knew the defensive unit is special. And it should still be special because you retain a lot of the guys that made it that way. So that, to me, would be the third biggest thing to watch in the spring is secondary. So a recap here, and I'll wrap this up. The biggest thing is to watch for growth woman of Stephon Brown. Who emerges on the offensive line? We can get that. That, that unit looks better this time this year than it did this time last year. Who helps Marquise in the receiving game? And then defensively here, who emerges in the D-line rotation, which, which, which to me is going to be a it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an absolute bloodbath because that's going to be tough, man. That, that, that's going to be tough. Uh, does Jason Harris and Marlon Hughes look good coming off, off of injury and down year? And who emerges in the secondary? I think if we can leave spring with at least knowing a couple of those, like if, if we can leave spring with at the very least knowing, okay, Malik Gray is showing more consistency here. Or, or someone at corner is showing more consistency here. If we can leave spring saying, okay, uh, Peyton Lusk, the, the Missouri State transfer, uh, Quinton, Quinton Lewis, the Abilene Christian transfer, that they've taken some 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 next steps. They look to be very good targets. And, uh, or if we if we, we look and see that 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 uh, Steph Brown has. Become more accurate as a as a passer that the pocket presence has improved. Even even if we come out with just two of the four, we we feel confident we have answers on. Then we we're we're in good shape heading into the into the fall. What I don't want to have happen here is we have none of the answers to that heading into the fall, and. You know, then we're looking and trying to, you know, going into the game, going into the season opener with still that many question marks. We'd like to at least have some sense of clarity on some of those issues heading into the fall, which I hope is what we're getting. Um, and I, I think we will, at least on the front of the development of staff, at least on the front, we would have some idea about the receiving unit and the offensive line. I'm not as worried about the defense. I think the defense will figure itself out because it might take Coach Sanders some, 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 some time there to figure out the, the defensive line. And then the secondary as well because I imagine a lot of guys are going to get a lot of, a lot of looks. So, again, I'm really looking forward to it. Spring ball starts on the 22nd. Again, the spring game, April 23rd, 6 p.m., Richardson Stadium. Plan to be there. Going to experiment with a vlog on that day as well. So more, more reason to check out the uh, Chosho Podcast Network YouTube channel. So, again, looking forward. We Hopefully, we will be back on with Dante McGee um, and some other players here in the coming weeks. And then, obviously, we will have a spring wrap-up. And again, hopefully we can get some players come on that as well. But until that time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.